This podcast is a production of Schweitzer, a United Methodist Church, transforming lives by making disciples of Jesus Christ. Good morning. When I was a, a young boy, there were moments where I would, uh, I'd be at my grandmother's house. She'd be watching me. And after lunch, she always had this rule that whoever was staying at her house, if they were of a certain age or younger, they had to take a nap. Taking a nap was the last thing I wanted to do. I wanted to play. I wanted to do all that stuff. But there was one benefit of taking a nap. Is that Grandma would take us into her living room and she'd, she'd have us sit down or lay down on the carpet in the living room. And then she'd get out books, stories, and she'd start to read those stories to us. And I could listen to my grandmother tell a story and weave a story. And stories I learned in that very young age were powerful. Because stories, well, they give us a place where we can begin to see the world that's around us, a bigger world. They give us a sense of, of meaning and they help form our hopes, our dreams, our expectations. Stories speak truth to us, not only about things that happen in other people's lives, but they speak to us about our own. They inspire us. And in the midst of all those stories, they work like a mirror. And as we watch somebody else's life or we see somebody else's story, we begin to ask questions about our own. And so stories are powerful. And you know when you, you find a good story, you come across a good story because it has this capacity, this almost, if you will, this magic to bring all of those pieces together and speak into your life. McFarland, USA is a great story that takes all of those elements, information and inspiration and the capacity to lift up a mirror and say, where does this cause you to act? It's one of those films that does it, at least for me. Anybody else in here seen the film? Lots of people seen the film. Inspired by the film? You cry through the film? Um, whenever I watched television with my dad, it became a thing where you, we never wanted to bring people over to our house because my dad could cry at the drop of a hat. And, and even this morning, two different times I've watched that trailer and I wanted to cry. I can't, it's like... That film moves me. I don't, I don't know what happened, but that film moves me. That story reaches out to me because it says so much. It, it, uh, it's inspiring. It tells us the story of Coach White. I mean, one of, the, one of the key factors in the film is Coach White, who moves to this town, McFarland, in, in, in California, in the valley where a lot of crops and things are grown. They've got pecans that they, that they pick. There's lettuce that gets picked. There's all kinds of fruit and vegetables that are harvested in the valley. And the people who harvest it aren't people like Coach White. Coach White is obviously a, a doo-doo's Anglo, and the people around him are Hispanics or migrants. They might go by lots of different names in our own... Um, if we want to label people groups. But Coach White begins to encounter them by their real names, um, like Cardenas. And yet even as Coach White moves to that town, and he moves there because he thinks he's been called to be a football coach, 
And he moves there because he needs a job. And so those two things are available to him there. He finds that he's out of, um, he's out of sorts. He's out of his, he's out of his comfort zone. The football team that he's been called upon to be an assistant coach for isn't, isn't a very good football team. And in fact, he, he runs into an encounter with the other coach and, and his coaching task is taken away. And this town, McFarland, is one of those towns that nobody wants to go to. I mean, Nobody like Coach White, or very few people like Coach White, want to teach in that kind of school, want to teach in that town. It's a town where uh, there's a lot of hard work. A lot of kids pick in the fields before they come to school, and they pick uh, after school at the end of the day, or they get picked up in the middle of the day to go pick. It's hard to be a teacher in that kind of place. There's a lot of kids who, who go to school for a while, and then they find other avenues where they just drop out. In fact, one of the things that you find out at the end of the film is that most of the kids who are on Coach White's team, they all come from families where nobody finished or that nobody finished high school. And the furthest that anybody went was the eighth grade. So it's a hard work kind of town. It's a town where there's lots of struggles. It's a town that, uh, as you, as, at least in my own mind, I, I hear biblical images coming through like like when somebody in the opening pages of John says that we found the Messiah and he comes from Nazareth the question that pops up out of that first chapter of John is can anything good come from Nazareth it's like that kind of town McFarland is or it's like the psalmist in Psalm 137 Um, when they find themselves by the rivers of Babylon they say this is not where we want to be this is not a town where we want to be in So Coach White is in McFarland. The coaching job that he had hoped to have falls apart. The community that he finds himself in isn't, isn't like what he's expecting. It's not like himself. And so he faces this question, this question about what are you going to do now that you find yourself here? And in the midst of that, his own inner turmoil, his own inner questioning, a teacher walks into his classroom and, and she has some ideas. Let's take a look at this part of the story. Your football didn't work out. You need something to do with all of that spare time of yours? Yeah. What you have in mind? Migrant parent meetings, literacy programs, food banks, support groups, these families need help. No, it's not really, not really my sort of thing. You live in McFarland, right? You ever taking a look out there? This is one of the poorest towns in America. These kids are invisible. They're expendable. They come from the fields, and they go back to the fields unless the prisons get them first. You notice we got one right next door? Yeah, I, uh, I noticed. Andy. Mr. White, it's pretty clear you don't want to be here. But for these kids, these are the best years of their lives, and if we're going to reach them, now's the time. I guess that's not your kind of thing. Thanks. So that teacher walks into his classroom. She hosts a, a crucial conversation. She states the reality about what she's seeing that's happening in his own life. Doesn't really want to be there. States the reality about how things are in the town, in the community. Now, this is a difficult place. And then she begins to really 
go back to a, a real seminal question. One of those questions that really matters, like, what, what ultimately really matters in life? And almost, uh, it's one of those questions that she didn't ask it quite that way, but I've seen it in a number of other films, that where a teacher who finds himself in a spot where they don't really know what, what place they want to go to. And somebody raises the question like, what brought you into teaching? What was the hook that brought you to this place that you're here? What was, the, what was your heartbeat like that said, I want to be a teacher? Because there has to be something that drives you to get to that spot. So this teacher, she acts as a, as a means of grace in Coach White's life. She states some realities and, and then she begins to probe around in the depths of his heart. And she says, what is it that you're really called for? What are the gifts that you have? You've, you've got gifts that you've been using in other places, but what are the gifts that you could bring to bear in this place, in this time? It's a gift of grace to speak truth. It's a gift of grace to notice that somebody else has some gifts and abilities and some passions. It's a, it's a gift of grace to call out the best in somebody else. And so she begins to speak grace into his life. And other people in Coach White's life begin to speak grace and live grace. Like his wife begins to speak grace and live grace into his life. And there's a moment in the film where she says, you know, she says, I know you're struggling with where we're at. But no place where we've been, where we've moved to or where we've moved from feels like home. And this place feels like home. And his daughters begin to speak grace into his life. You saw one of those moments when his youngest daughter sits beside him on the, on the, on the bleachers and the kids are out running a lap. He's told them to run a lap. And she just, she notices that they're fast. She says it. And by saying that, it allows him to begin to see that. Grace has that capacity to open up our eyes, to see things that we don't always see. So Coach White begins to see what could be, and he begins to see capacities and abilities of the kids that are around him. He, he sees that they work hard. They get up early in the morning, and he, there's even a great moment when he goes out and he works alongside of them. And he sees what they have to, to live with and how they live. And so then, there's a change in his own heart. And he begins to draw out from them. And he begins to paint pictures of grace for his team that he calls together. And grace, when it's given, and grace when it's received, and grace when it begins to flow out, begins to produce things in the lives of other people. And so there's a moment when that same teacher who came into his room comes into his room again. And this time... She begins, to, um, she begins to say thanks, and here's what she says. What you got your nose in, Coach? McFarlane Cougars are making an impression. It started with a stunning upset, beating Clovis High, but then consecutive victories over Yosemite and Morro Bay left the racing community, and everyone else asking the question, just where did these McFarlane runners come from? <laughs> Some good news for a change. You said it. 
We fly like blackbirds through the orange groves, floating on a warm wind. When we run, we own the earth. The land is ours. We speak the bird's language. Not immigrants no more. Not stupid Mexicans. When we run, our spirits fly. We speak to the gods. When we run, we are the gods. It's good work, White. Jose's a good kid. I don't mean Jose. Welcome to McFarland Blanco. Grace that begins to be spoken into his own life begins to flow out into the lives of others. Um... And you watch the film, and if, you've, if you wondered how the film ends, I'll just give you a spoiler alert. Uh, Coach White <clears throat> leads a team that is, uh, has never raced before in a, in a state championship. He leads them in the first ever state championship in California, and they win it. They start from last, and they win it. Um, he'll go on the next 14 years of coaching, and they'll compile nine state championships. It's a pretty impressive record. It's, a, it's one of those sports films you walk away it's going like, this is, there's some real inspiration here. But in the midst of the entire story, there's all kinds of questions that are taking place too, and there's questions that are proposing themselves to us. You know, even as the midst of Coach White moving into McFarland, this town that's populated by by people who trace their genealogy back into Mexico. There's a question that that just sort of comes up subtly to us, and the question is, you know, how are you when you find yourself in a place where people look different from you, and they they have different music that's playing from the music you're used to, and they they have different food, and they their culture is just really different. How do you interact in those places? How do you find yourself in those places? We are living in a time where there's a lot of talk within the political um, atmosphere around questions about immigration. And in the midst of that whirlwind, there are a lot of people who have ideas, and oftentimes their ideas come in short little soundbite statements, right? Like we ought to do this or we ought to do that. And oftentimes it means that that uh, if, if you were born here, you're good, we're good with that. But if you weren't born here, we, we're going to have to have questions about that. There's a friend of mine in, in Dallas, Texas, who in the midst of those very short soundbite statements offers up a soundbite of his own when he asks the question, who would Jesus deport? See, oftentimes we approach things in seeing people in different colors and and we objectify people but then my friend who asked that question in Dallas Texas begins to ask us to see people as Jesus does when coach white moves into McFarland he sees different cultures and different uh, ethnicities but when he lives in the town he begins to see people who have names 
people who reach out to him and bless him and speak truth into his life and call forth truth from him. This story, it's a sports story, and so there's a lot in it that um, urges us on to think about persevering when we find that we're in a tough situation. A few years ago, my wife and I were uh, living in a spot where things were tough, and we knew it was tough, and it wasn't, it wasn't tough between us, but it was tough in the, in the job that I had, and I was pastoring, and uh, it, was, it was not going well. It was, it was at a spot where I would have gladly taken the challenge to be a pig farmer and given up the role of pastoring. And now somebody after the last service when I said that said, have you ever, do you, do you ever know a pig farmer? Have you ever done anything around pigs? I said, oh, yes, I have. Uh, when, I was, when we were newly married, I went out and I worked for a pig farmer. And every time I'd come home, Anna would stand at the door she, and she would say, get undressed in the garage. You're not coming in here with those stinky clothes on. And so there I was, you know, in town, running through the house, no clothes on. Anyway, it's a, it's a sight you don't want to imagine. <laughs> That's right. Ah, why did I say that? Holy cow. just the truth and there was that, so that moment we're in that moment of pers- deep trial and I would have taken that opportunity to be a pig farmer any day of the week and then uh, we took a trip and on the trip somebody introduced us to a to somebody with just real wisdom that we didn't even expect we were going to meet and he took a couple of hours to sit with us and listen to our story and pray with us And speak a word of wise counsel when he simply said, you know what? I said, if you can hang in there, if you can hang on, if you can go through this fire you don't think you can go through, but if you can just go through it a little bit longer, you might get an opportunity to see what God can do. Coach White takes his team after being beat, after coming in fourth place, and he says, guys, we need to run these hills. We need to run them until they look like they're nothing to us. We need to persevere. What's the hill that's in front of you? Where you just think, ah, I'd, just like to, I'd like for this to pass. I'd like to do anything else that's different. Where's the thing in your life where you just need to stick with it a little longer? To see what God might want to do in that place. There's, a, there's some stuff about vocation within the film. And there's some things about the American dream. And what is the American dream? Coach White is challenged in the midst of this to either climb a ladder or invest in a place. When he finds that he can invest in a place, he finds that he can begin to cast dreams and cast vision and he can begin to speak life and share life with those around him. A couple of, uh, a couple of months ago, our ministry staff team here at Schweitzer, we went to St. Louis on a retreat. We stayed at a hotel on, uh, was, it, was it Market Street? I think it was Market Street. Stayed in this hotel and we came and we went from the hotel and Oftentimes, we'd have to wait for people in the lobby to come down before we could all go out and get in the, 
in the van that we were in and traveling. One morning we were down waiting in the hotel lobby and <clears throat> Pastor Jim engaged in conversation with with one of the, the people behind the desk, one of the check-in folks. And she was noticing our group and we were having a lot of fun, picking on one another. We were picking on Pastor Bob and we um, recalled a, a name that uh, from a distant place and we started to, to refer to Pastor Bob in that way. And I'll let you ask Pastor Bob what that what that name was, what that nickname was. It's a, it's a really good one, but he can, he can tell that own story himself. And, and uh, then this lady said something to Pastor Jim. She, she said, that guy sitting over there, she was, she was pointing to me. She said, there's something different about him. And I, said, and, and I know there's something different about me. <laughs> but I don't know what prompted her to say this to Pastor Jim, but she said something like, he's just got like a glow about him or a shine. She said, he's like a Jeremiah, like a prophet. Pastor Jim told me that. I'm like, man, that's a different kind of lady. I don't know what to, what to make of that. But then a couple weeks ago, Pastor Jim was back in that same hotel. And he was back in that same lobby, and that same woman was behind the desk. And they entered into conversation again, and she said, you look familiar. And he said, yeah, we were here. And, and she said, oh, that's right. And she said, you had that, you had that one guy that they called what they called him and and uh, and he said yeah that's right and then she said and you had that other guy and pastor jim said that's right she called jeremiah and he came back and he told me the story and i'm just like that's weird man that's weird but it's twice and that's that's something that, that i've had to stop and take notice of what is, it that's, what is it that God is trying to say through that? I don't have a clue, but I've got to stop and take notice of. Coach White in the film begins in very slow ways, kind ways, subtle ways, to speak into the life of the guys who run for him. And he begins to cast divisions about them not only graduating high school and them not only running well at a meet, but what would it be like if they went away to college and took the skills and the knowledge that they knew from working in the fields and began to learn about other things in agriculture or other things. What would it be like? He begins to cast a vision. The Apostle Paul says in Ephesians 4 that, that one of the gifts given by the Spirit to the church is the gift of prophecy, the gift of being able to see what's happening, not just on the surface, but deep down, and what kinds of things people have within them, and to call things forth from people. So Coach White does that for his team. This lady mentioned Jeremiah. Throughout this film, I couldn't, Every time I see it, I can't help but hear the words of Jeremiah the prophet that are written on the front of your Pray, Study, Grow. Words that kind of summarize the entirety of this film. Because Coach White finds himself in a place where he doesn't want to be, much like the children of Israel find themselves in Babylon, a place where they don't want to be. And they're thinking about another place. And Jeremiah writes the words of the Lord when he says this. Build houses in that place. Settle down. 
cultivate gardens and eat what they produce. Get married and have children and then help your sons find wives and your daughters find husbands in order that they too may have children. Increase in number there so that you don't dwindle away. Promote the welfare of the city where I've sent you into exile. Pray to the Lord for it because your future depends on its welfare. In this film about McFarland, it's a film really about a coach and it's a film about a lot of us who find ourselves in difficult places. Sometimes we don't even know what's led us there, but maybe it's God himself who leads us. Sometimes we have a burden and we don't know why we have a burden, but maybe it's a burden that God gives to us. He said, I want you to pray for this place. Do you have a place like that? A place that's a burden upon your heart? Do you have a people that are like a burden upon your heart? That you're called to care for? Are there people in your world where you're asked to speak truth and love and grace into? Is there a place where you need to persevere? Pray for the city. Persevere. And when you do, the Lord says, I'll hear your prayer. I'll bless you. I'll draw near to you.